Grey's Anatomy, the most iconic binge-worthy drama, is back, along with answers to the biggest cliffhangers. Will Teddy survive? Will Joe and Link finally find happiness together? Meredith returns along with fan faves like Arizona. You can now stream every episode of Grey's ever on Hulu and new episodes next day. Watch the season premiere of Grey's Anatomy tonight at 9, 8 central on ABC and stream on Hulu. He's breaking it down so you don't have to. This is Breaking It Down with Frank McKay on 107.1 WLIRFM Hampton Bays. I'd like to welcome everyone to Breaking It Down. Frank McKay here with a, a, a unique individual and she is a leader. She is a wonderful athlete and just a role model for all young people to, to look at and what she's done with her career. You can now buy her new book, uh, Be All In, and it's, uh, it's set for release tomorrow. And I'm, I've already ordered it. Buy two of these and give them, to, uh, give them out as presents. But Christy Pierce Rampone is our very special guest. She, uh, she is known as Captain America. She is, I, I believe, the most celebrated soccer star we've ever had in America. Christy, how are you? Good. How are you, Frank? Thanks for having me. Well, listen, thrilled to have you, and, and let's just jump right into it. Tell us about the book. Yeah, so the book is um, something I've been writing for over the last two years with Dr. Keene, and it's basically a parenting guide um, to help parents have a better relationship with their kids through sports and all the life lessons that they can enjoy together um, through their sports journey. Well, when when you talk to to people uh, about sports, I mean, we got to remember, and mm-hmm. I've, I've done a lot of certainly not at your level, but I've coached uh, mm-hmm. a lot of little league, a lot of soccer, a lot of ba- every. Yeah, I got four kids. Everything that they were involved in, I coached. And part of the problem with, with the parents over being overbearing and and expecting right. too much from people who aren't quite frankly you, you know, and people that that right. aren't going to have that skill set. Uh, do you address that at all in the book? Absolutely. I mean, that's a big part of the book is just, you know, letting parents know they could take a deep breath and that there's just not one one way or one path to success that every kid, it looks different. You know, you have to have an awareness of your own child compared to other children and just, you know, understand your values and your standards and what your relationship with sport is compared to maybe your child or maybe the environment that you're placing your child in. How differently do you look at the the whole subject of of parenting and, Mm -hmm. uh, and sports and parenting since you started the book and now that it's completed? Right. That's a good question, yeah, because I will say, like, I, you know, I definitely get emotional at sporting events and just, you know, for myself and how competitive I am. And, you know, my children are both um, have a different competitive level with, with sports, but it's just kind of taking a step back and realizing, like, there's going to be ups and downs, there's going to be wins and losses, and it's going to be uncomfortable at times, but just being able to be comfortable just to sit back and watch your ch- child sometimes fail and sometimes succeed, but just helping them through that that tough part of sports as well as encouraging them and having that amazing emotion when the victories do come. You know, being a leader on, especially at the level you've you've succeeded at, but being a leader on the field, you, you look at your different mm-hmm. teammates in, in different ways, obviously, and, and there's uh, there's different personalities. Uh, is, is it 
difficult to watch your children and, and coach your children and encourage your children without making immediate comparisons to who they remind you of, of, of who you've come across? Do you see your kids and say, wow, yeah. I see a lot of this in, in her or him or whatever? Yeah, I mean, I think my latter part of my career with an athlete team, I learned that you really can't compare yourself to another athlete because no two athletes play the game the same and look at the game the same and the same vision. So, you know, I, I kind of became a better athlete when I stopped comparing myself to others. So I tried to do that as a parent and tried to explain that to my children um, that, you know, people put different time commitments into it. People have different motivations, different agendas with sports so just take it for what you are and I want them to be the best authentic player they can be and not compare them because as soon as you start comparing the child feels more anxiety and pressure and they don't feel like they're satisfying you know what you may want them to see them in, in sports so I just you know I just try to self-reflect and have the awareness of you know making sure that they enjoy that their their relationship with sport instead of me always forcing and pushing it on them. You're listening to uh, the captain, Christy Pierce Rampone, and her new book is uh, is available now. Get it and get more than one. Hand them out. Be All In is the name of the book, and it, it is an absolute must, and uh, certainly for parents and uh, parents that, uh, that are dealing with uh, athletic kids. But even if they're not uh, into athletics, just everything, uh, this connects to everything in schooling and everywhere else they're, they're going. Again, uh, here with Christy, Frank McKay, uh, let me... I ask you this, and, you know, we see ourselves, you know, almost in a cocoon. And, and when I say we, I mean America. Uh, are are mm-hmm. we much different how we treat our kids and how we treat our sports than the rest of the world? That's a good question because I think America definitely is more about winning and more about competing versus the rest of the world. I think there's a lot of skill sets the rest of the world try to um, – allow the youth to have before actually competing. Um, so I think overall they have a, a better identity with themselves after sports. Um, however, I think um, here in America, we're, you know, we're transitioning into learning more of the technical side of the game and the tactical side rather than just always competing. And that's why it's like, I always feel that winning comes from developing. It's a byproduct. So if we can just take a deep breath and allow our kids to develop and learn the sport you know I always say like the beginning phases you know are about like having fun then learning how to, um, to learning the game then learning how to compete and then learning to win there's all different development parts of of sport and I think um, America's starting to catch on to that see I, I think part of what you said there is a departure from what we learned I keep mind I'm 53 years old and I saw all the movies where you know the Americans were compassionate and and we yes we were competitive but not like the Russians mm-hmm. were or the the propaganda that we heard you know about uh, the Asian uh, countries and and everything especially Russia you know during during the Cold mm-hmm. War we heard right. that and and we mm-hmm. came across in movies and TV shows and in books and in even in school as as being the more less competitive of uh of the bunch uh, you find that to be different um i've done a few clinics overseas and um my last experience was in japan after the tsunami and just knowing that until they're 12 years old they don't really go to goal so they they don't put a lot of pressure on the winning they put a lot of um 
thought into developing and getting the skill sets in order to to win and compete. So I feel like the development has changed, at least on my experiences of um, playing in, in different countries and you know experiencing being teammates with players um, from overseas. And their number one thing is when they come to America, it's a high-paced, competitive um, environment, and it's a hard adjustment for them because they've you know, learned how, you know, the skill sets, maybe the patterns in the field, the game plan, um, just not as much, you know, competition for, say, example of, like, not as many 1v1s or 4v4s, like, things written down. It's um, it's about a, a collective unit and, and building. Um, however, they try to take a little piece of that with them and bring it back, because you do need a balance. And um, I think they're working on that as well as, I think, in America, just being more technical. As you can see in this time period, the, the pandemic, everybody wants to open up sports again to compete and play games. And I think it's a time to self-reflect and just learn the sport, get technical, stay with your team, you know, follow the guidelines and adapt and adjust. And, it, you know, kids aren't used to that. Listen, I want to congratulate you not only on the book but on everything that's gone on in your life, and you've brought a lot of joy to a lot of Thank folks. You. And uh, really, a role model to young people all over the place. Uh, Christy Pierce Rampone, thank you very much for being here. Do you have a website, a social media site you want to point us to? I do. I have a website. It's um, beallinbook.com, and you can find all the information about the book, and it's sold right now on Amazon and Barnes & Noble, Target, Walmart, so... I'd love for people to, you know, support and, you know, just, it's just a guideline and a no one size fits all way to help parents, you know, with their child, with their children through sports. Thank you once again for being here, Christy. Good luck with everything. Thank you. I appreciate it. Christy Pierce Rampone, everyone. Christy Pierce Rampone, everyone, is our very special guest and uh, just a wonderful athlete. And she's, uh, she's known as Captain America and all of those Olympic teams that people now, uh, you know, kids my age grew up, uh, my, my kids' age, I should say, grew up watching and cheering for. And they, just, uh, they just stole the hearts of, of everyone out here. And, and again, uh, they've o overshadowed the women's soccer teams by far, have overshadowed the men's teams unbelievably. You know, so it, you can't even say... Uh, a role model to women or young women everywhere. I mean, that's almost uh, minimizing what they've done. But Christy Pierce Rampone has uh, has been the leader of those groups, of those teams. And uh, certainly there are others, but she's known as Captain America, uh, not only uh, by the, the media, but by her, her teammates. And they look to her certainly as, as a, a leadership voice and thought. And I think she's handled herself so well. Be All In is the name of her book, and, and it's new. Get it, and uh, I'm sure it's, uh, sure it's absolutely terrific. And, and she's been work, working on it for two years and with her co-writer. And, and once again, uh, we thank Christy Pierce Rampone for being here, the most decorated American soccer player that I could, I could think of. I don't think there's, there's anyone who's, who's quite as celebrated as Christy Pierce Rampone. Frank McKay signing off. Be All In is the name of her new book. Get it and, uh, and, and get it as a gift. Give it out. But PST, uh, Christy Pierce Rampone, once again, has been our very special guest. Frank McKay signing off. We'll see you all next time on Breaking It Down. This is Breaking It Down with your host, Frank McKay, on 1071 WLIRFM Hampton Bays. I'd like to welcome everyone. 
breaking it down. Frank McKay here. And and one thing I've got to say, I, I, I'm blown away. I, it, it's absolute paradigm shift. One of my favorite Christmas songs of all time is Celine Dion and the song, and it is it is the most underrated Christmas song of all time. Uh, it's the magic of Christmas Day. God bless us, everyone. I didn't know until yesterday, and I swear to you, I didn't know until yesterday that Dee Schneider of Twisted Sister wrote that song. I've heard it a million times. I've played it. My family loves it. And he has just released a, a new single, and it is a must-get for everyone, with Lizzie Hale from Hailstorm. Uh, what a great song, The Magic of Christmas Day. Uh, Dee Schneider, welcome. <laughs> I'll bet you were shocked. I, I, I mean, you've got to be kidding me. I, I mean, I this is this is a great there, There's a version with Rosie O'Donnell that's even great. I mean, gee, I, I'm telling you, what a great song. I have no idea you wrote this song. Thanks, man. Yeah, you know, um, a few people do. And, uh, well, that's partially by design because you go back. I wrote this song as a gift for my wife over 30 years ago. She asked me to write her a Christmas song, and I did. And uh, now, mind you, think back 30 years ago, you know, it's just uh, late 80s, early 90s. I am, you know, metal. I, the last thing I want is a God, is a magic of Christmas. God bless us, everyone. <laughs> By Dee Snyder out in the public, in the, out there. So um, yeah. I never intended to release it. I had session people record it because I couldn't even sing it. Yeah. And um, I gave it to my wife. Merry Christmas, done. Wow. After the mid-90s, grunge comes in, kills my career. I'm in a bad place economically, career-wise. Uh, and uh, I get a phone call. Celine Dion wants to record your wife's Christmas song. Oh, my like, God. Holy crap, are you kidding me? So it goes on. These are special times. That is the biggest selling holiday record in history. 14 million copies of that record have been sold worldwide. Wow. And, uh, and like you said, people maybe not know it on the tip of their tongue, but so many people have this record, and it's been in the mix on, you know, radio station mixes and stuff. People are familiar with it. Uh, you know, in Canada, I saw it just showed up as one of the, uh, of the greatest ca uh, Canadian, uh, it's funny because I wrote it, right? Yeah. One of the greatest Canadian Christmas songs <laughs> of all time. It's top ten up there. And... Um, so, yeah, so we call this the house St. Celine built. Thank you, St. Yeah. Celine. And, uh, <laughs> but, but now you cut to 2020. And I'm thinking, I'm looking at the year, COVID, uh, how ugly things have gotten between people politically, friends and family at each other's throats. Uh, and I'm thinking about the message of the song. What inspired me to write the song was the fact that it always seemed at Christmas time, people could let bygones be bygones, if only for a night. If only for the yeah. night they could set their differences aside and get together. And that was the magic of the holiday. It doesn't feel like we could. COVID or not, I don't know if my family could be in the same room together. Yeah. You know, and yeah. I'm not the only one. This is going on all over the country. So I said, you know, maybe it's time to get that message out there. And I decided to record my own version of it, a rocked out version of it. And I brought in, I needed a killer vocalist for those high notes. And there's no one better right now than Lizzie Hale. Yeah, I, listen, D. It's it, you, it home run. It's absolutely great. You did a, a, an amazing job, and again, I'm blown away because I've always loved this song. And I'm thinking D. Schneider is going to cover Celine Dion's song. You know, and, and you guys, you guys killed it. And I didn't know. I swear to you, I didn't know until yesterday you wrote this song. What honestly? What a, what a great story and a, a gr great moment. Your wife must be like, wow, you know, just from a uh, from a request and. and 
and it just changes the world. By the way, it's the most well, underrated. You know, that's, that's, that's the yeah. killer story. Your wife says, write me a Christmas song, and then you write one, and you're like, now, Christmas songs, are, and that's the thing I said to her, I said, Ani, I said, Christmas songs are really tough to write. Yeah. You know, like, what, there's something about a good Christmas song that's got, you can't even explain what it is. It either sounds Christmassy or it doesn't. I mean, you know, War is Over, John Lennon, sounds Christmassy. Yeah. Having a wonderful Christmas time, Paul McCartney, no, it does not sound Christmassy. Right. <laughs> it, it doesn't work. I don't care what he's singing. The word Christmas doesn't make it a Christmas song. Right. And, um... And so then I write this thing, I pay session people, we record the song, here it's Christmas, can you imagine how nervous I was of giving it to her as a gift, and she loves it, and she's, it's, she's, it's her favorite Christmas song. I mean, and it was written for her. Wow, and it, I'm telling you, it's just, it's unbelievable. It's unbelievable how, when you when you hear something like this happen. It's just, it's, hey, listen, it's uh, it's 2020. Anything can happen. But you and Lizzie just kill it. I, I mean, it is a great, great version. And, and you know, oh, for I me. Wanted, honestly, I wanted to bring a vocalist in that would, I might, might jokingly say, light a Yule log under my butt. Yeah. Uh, and she did. So, I mean, this is how it goes, right? I record my, first of all, Jeff Pilsen, uh, bass player of Dokken, great producer. He yeah. produced this track, played a lot of the instruments on it. I believe the guitar solo is by a guy named Dan Peters, and that's amazing. But anyway, I record my vocals. I send them to Lizzie. Lizzie records her vocals, sends them back to me. I listen to Lizzie's vocals. I go back in the studio and re-record my vocals. <laughs> she blew me off the damn record. Yeah. And she still does, but at least I'm in the same room now. No, it's just, it, it, listen, just a great job, both of you and her. I, God, I'd love to talk to her about, yeah, I mean, she smokes it out. I mean, she just absolutely smokes it. But Celine and Dee Schneider in the same, I, I don't know how the hell this has happened. I, I saw you for the first time at the Surrey. I was 14 years old at a place called the Surrey, upstate New York, uh, some, something like that. It, it, it just, it's unbelievable. And for for me to connect you and Celine Dion, it's just a mind blowing thing. But she smoked it too. When I got when that call came in, they told me that she wanted to record the song. The first thing I said was, "Does she know who wrote it?" <laughs> we didn't tell her. We we haven't told her yet. I said, "Do not tell her Satan wrote her Christmas song." I was afraid that she gets scared away from it because Dean yeah. Snyder wrote it, you know? Wow. I, I mean, it, do you have a relationship with her? Are you guys friendly at this point? No, I never met her. I don't even know if she knows I wrote the song. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't care. Yeah. Because 14 million copies sold. Thank you. Thank wow. you, I, I mean, I, I imagine it, it, you attempted to, to write another one. Or did you just say, this is it? I, I just, I killed it. I, I, I hit a home run. I grand slammed. Uh, you know, I'm dropping the mic yeah, here. Honestly, I kind of feel that way. But, you know, it really, it, it, I was in, you know, my, my wife asked me to write her the song. I told her she was crazy. You know, first of all, they're hard to write, and I'm metal, you know. Yeah. She was like, you can do it. You're a classically <laughs> trained countertenor, you know. And I was like, yeah, well, I am. So, but I was writing other songs, and just this idea popped in my head. It was originally called God Bless Us, Everyone, and, you know, the tiny Tim line yeah. at the end. God bless us, everyone. And, um, and it just came out of me like, uh, like inspired, you know. And I was even, and I remember when I sang it for the producer of the track, I couldn't even sing it. I had to do it like in a little falsetto voice. Yeah. And he looked at me and he said, "You wrote this?" I said, "Dude, I don't know where it came from." <laughs> and uh, I'm sure after 30 years, I'm sure somebody would have sued me if I stole it. Yeah. Uh, but it was inspired, you know. Uh, the, the woman I love asked me to write her a song. I guess, and you know, I guess I, 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 I did, you know. And she, and it's like I said, it's her 
favorite Christmas song. Uh, listen, D, I'm going to let you go because a lot of people waiting to talk to you. But I, just congratulations on everything. I mean, I, what what a career you've put together. I mean, just everything all together. Twisted Sister, you know, again, started it all. Uh, but you have so many different layers. And this just adds to it. Mind-blowing for me to find out that you wrote my favorite Christmas song of all time. Uh, just thanks for being here. Can you give us a website, a social media site before you go? Yeah, man, you know, I'm at D. Snyder on Twitter, at Face D. Snyder on Facebook, Instagram. Just remember that Snyder is an adjective, not a proper noun. I'm Snyder than you are. <laughs> S-N-I-D-E-R. Uh, that's the key. And, hey, look for me on the new season of Cobra Kai, oh, everybody. Very I, make a surprise, I make a surprise appearance on Cobra Kai, so get ready for that. Wait, way to go, D. Thanks for being here. Have a great Christmas. You too, Frank. Take care. D. Schneider, everyone, and I kid you not, I mean, this is my favorite Christmas song, uh, my favorite Christmas song of all time, and Celine Dion kills it. She smokes this song. Uh, it's called The Magic of Christmas Day. God bless us, everyone. I'm sure you've heard it. I, I mean, if, if you haven't, if you don't know it off the top of your head, um, you, you've definitely heard it, but D. Schneider of Twisted Sister wrote this song. I, I, I had no idea, and I kid you not, until yesterday when I, uh, you know, the publicist uh, reached out and said, hey, you, you want D? And, I, you know, we've had him on the show many times, and he's always a great guest, and he's a, you know, show host himself, and he's got a lot of different layers, D. Schneider, and, I, you know, you always love to talk to him. And, I, and, and I'm saying, oh, God, he, he's doing Celine Dion's song? And I turn it on, and it's, it's great. He, uh, Lizzie Hill kills it. I mean, she is absolutely a great vocalist, and he does a great job with it. I mean, he should. He wrote the the damn song but anyway lizzie hale of uh, of hailstorm and d schneider i'm thinking covering celine dion come on what are you doing and uh, and then i i read a little deeper and i realize that he wrote the song it's unbelievable and you know the story i'm, I'm laughing as he's saying it. i shouldn't be but he was uh, you know uh, grunge killed his career he's, he's going broke you know in the, in the 90s you know uh, metal is out and and uh, you know theatrical rock and everything else is out and everything's grunge and and uh, and you know and he's struggling and all of a sudden his wife asks him to write a christmas song he writes it and he writes one of the greatest christmas songs of all time and this is D. Schneider of Twisted Sister. I mean, you know, again, a lot of different layers there. Check him out on Cobra Kai. Great guy, by the way. A very down-to-earth guy. If you haven't met him in person, he is just uh, he's just terrific. And thrilled, thrilled to have him. Frank McKay signing off. We'll see you next time on Breaking It Down. It's Breaking It Down with Frank McKay. Long Island Vibes. On 107.1 WLIRFM Hampton Bays. Now, here's your host, Frank McKay. I'd like to welcome everyone to Breaking It Down. Frank McKay here. So much more importantly, Poppy Montgomery, uh, just a wonderful actress, and you've seen her in so many uh, different things. She's got a tremendous range, too, but Without a Trace um, is, is a favorite of so many people, and she was absolutely great. And the other the other one was Unforgettable, which, uh, well, she's done a lot, but Unforgettable was uh, tremendous. She had, like, Total Recall in that, and I think it was a very underrated show. Uh, a lot of her, her shows have just uh, just been absolutely fantastic kind of movie roles. And uh, her latest, her latest is a Christmas film called Christmas on the Farm, and I'll be watching it because she's in it. Uh, Poppy Montgomery, how are you? 
I'm well, thank you. How are you? I- I'm doing well. And uh, how is this uh, for you? This a little different, right? This is rom com. Uh, you, uh, I-, I always think of you as a cop or an ex cop or you know somebody following a, a breaking a mystery or you know something along those lines. Uh, this is different. This uh, this sounds like a lot of fun. You know, this one is is definitely a departure for me. It's um, based on my real life, so it's probably closer to me than anything I've played previously. Um, My my mother passed away um, unexpectedly in 2019, and uh, she left me her farm in Australia. And, uh, you know, I live in Los Angeles, um, and suddenly I had inherited, you know, a farm with all the colorful characters and animals that lived on it. And so that's where I came up with the idea for this movie, because I had just been home for Christmas um, on the farm wow. <laughs> right before. And uh, it was sort of born as a tribute to my mom and to the farm that she loved and the farm that I never loved, which is funny because, like, Everything that happens in the movie is based in, in sort of reality. Um, all the animals are based on real animal characters <clears throat> that we have on our farm that would try to attack me just because I was there. <laughs> I really had no sort of like flow with nature and the animal kingdom. Um, and every time I went home to the farm in Australia, it was some, you know, our rooster would attack, the horse would buck me off. And I was like, you know what, Mom, I'm just... I'm going to go check into the hotel that's nearby, and I'll visit the farm during the day. Yeah. So the movie um, is really a, a, a tribute, like I said, to my mom and, and to my real life in Australia. And I wanted to show the world what an Australian Christmas looks like because, of course, it's summer there, not winter. So it's very, very different than an American Christmas. Um, so there's a lot to it, but that's that's kind of how my first Christmas movie came about I, you know I to me it sounds wonderful I'm I'm hooked on just what I was reading especially now what you uh, what you're talking about here uh, did you grow up on a farm or your mom got the farm later she got the farm later actually I grew up in Sydney and in the movie we show in flashbacks um, how the mom moves to the farm with my character when she's a little girl and it's very true to life. My mom one day decided to just buy a farm. I mean, we were true Sydney. Like, it's like living in Manhattan. Yeah. You know? Like, we were in the city. And then she bought a farm. And there we were. And and we put that in the film. And actually, the flashbacks of the mother in the film, um, all her dialogue is uh, from texts and letters and things that my mom wrote to me and said to me. So all of that is really words that my mom spoke over the years um but it, it that's what she did and that's what happens in the film you see that in the flashback of my character as a little girl you know, I think I, I think it's just uh, terrific, and what a beautiful tribute to your mom. I was I was only in Australia once, and I was in Sydney, and then I was in the Blue Mountains, um, and uh, what a beautiful, uh, beautiful part beautiful. of the world! Isn't it gorgeous? Unbelievable! Yeah, yeah. yeah. The Blue Mountains are magical. I mean, that is like very special there. Yeah, um, nothing like and it. We, my farm is just outside. Yeah, nothing like it. No, I know it's extraordinary, and the farm that my mom left uh, to us, me and my siblings, is just 
outside of Sydney, so about 45 minutes outside of Sydney. Are you starting to like farm life a little better now that you're there? Are you forcing yourself to kind of like it, or are you getting used to it? Um, how, how much uh, how much different is it now than than when you uh, uh, before you inherited it? Oh, I live in Malibu. Oh, okay. <laughs> I don't. I, <laughs> I have five children yeah. who who live in. I have five kids that are all very American and all born and raised here. So the my sister really, my sisters have the farm, and in the movie it's the same thing. My character doesn't, you know, go to the farm. Um, the main, the two of the other main characters in the film, the gay couple David and Miles, are based on my real life uh, family, and they sort of run the farm. But I do not. I know everyone thinks because the movie, um, I inherited the farm in real life that I've moved there. That did not happen. <laughs> I went and filmed the movie about it in Australia, and I then came back home to LA where I live. Well, Christmas on the farm, everyone, if you're just joining us a little late, Poppy Montgomery is our very special guest, and it's, it's a must-watch. Poppy, one of the things I always, uh, I always think about when, when somebody does uh, a, a Christmas film is that it's evergreen, right? It's going to be watched forever somewhere by someone, and, you know, 50 years from now, 100 years from now, uh, you know, somebody is going to be watching this, and this is kind of a unique um, uh, uh, movie, uh, uh, you know, where, you know, you have that Australian uh, connection to it and, and, and the farm. So uh, you got to feel good about that, too, uh, making something that, uh, that that's oh, going I to that. stand. Yeah, I didn't, you know, I didn't think of it like that, but you're right. They are evergreen. And, and this is such a tribute to my mom. Um, I love that. I think that's a, a wonderful concept. And I'm actually glad you pointed it out. I love. I, I hope it. I hope it's timeless and it carries over and on, and people want to watch it for years to come. Um, it, you know, it definitely shows, like, like I said, what an Australian Christmas looks like, which is so different to you know the American chilly, fun, cozy New York twinkly light Christmas. You know, in Australia, it's baking hot summer and lots of beer and outdoors and. Yeah board shorts and beach time it's just a whole different christmas energy well poppy congratulations not only on uh, christmas on the farm but uh, uh, on your whole career it's just uh, what a wonderful career you put together and still going so strong um uh, can you tell us anything else we should know before we let you go and before you go please um uh, give us a website or a social media site where we could follow along with what you're doing yeah, I've got, you know, I, lately I've started to, um, I did, in 2019, before the pandemic, I did a show called Reef Break, which I also uh, created, and it was my idea, and produced, and starred in. So now I'm starting to do a lot more of my own stuff, like Chris, and Christmas on the Farm is the next one. So, you know, we have three projects in development. Development is always slow. I'm realizing now as an actor, when you just show up to a set, like three years of work has gone into that before actors ever arrive to do their lines, just to get it made. Um, so, so hopefully we'll be making one or all three of those shows in the new year. And my um, Instagram is the real Poppy Montgomery, not the fake one. Uh, right. <laughs> um, 
And I, yeah, there's a few accounts out there, but mine's the real, it's the real Poppy Montgomery um, is what it's called. And uh, there's trailers and all kinds of fun things for the movie on that. And um, thank you for having me. Thank you so much for letting me come and talk about the film. Poppy, thank you very much for being here. I appreciate it. Happy holidays. Happy holidays. Poppy Montgomery, wonderful actress, and I'll be watching this uh, Christmas on the farm. And, you know, it's uh, yeah, uh, always kind of kind of interesting to talk to somebody who's who's uh, doing something for the first time. And it's her first Christmas. Um, I think it's her first Christmas uh, appearance. But, uh, you know, she's never does these rom com rom coms, but she's usually a, uh, a detective or a former detective. Without a trace is where she really made a, you know, made an impact. 160 episodes of Without a Trace, and uh, Un Unforgettable is the other one, and, and so many other things. But Poppy Montgomery is a wonderful actress, and you could see her Christmas on, you could see her in Christmas on the Farm, and uh, you get the gist. Uh, it's that's funny. I wonder if I wonder if she wrote it. You know, whether they write it for her. That's it's uh, pretty ironic if uh, if she didn't have some input right and and it's a uh, it's 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 a uh, uh film that influence or, or that mirrors her life i should say and uh, someone who is not big on on the farm um situation but uh she inherits a farm from her late mother it's a nice tribute to her mom pump poppy montgomery has been our very special guest. Frank McKay signing off. We'll see you all next time on Breaking It Down. In many ways, Long Island is the story of America. It's Breaking It Down with Frank McKay. Long Island is definitely the place for you. Now, here's your host, Frank McKay, on 1071 WLIRFM Hampton Bays. I'd like to welcome everyone. To breaking it down, Frank McKay here. So much more importantly, Tanya Nyack is our very uh, special guest, and uh, and she is just she's terrific. We have her every year. We're talking about the uh, the great Christmas light fight, and uh, just what a job she does. Uh, she uh, has become a uh, you know big part of the uh, you know the uh, season vernacular and and everything that they've done and and what they've created i think 10 seasons now if i got that right is it 10 uh, seasons can you believe that Frank? 10 I seasons i mean we're talking tv tv life it's like when you talk about dog years what is it 7 years every human one <laughs> tv years and 10 and our 10th anniversary it's a big deal for us we're really excited 10 I mean, just it, it's amazing. And the thing is, like, in if you're doing like a regular reality show, um, you could do ten seasons in five years, right? You do two two seasons in a year. When you're doing the Christmas uh, light fight, it's it's different. It's Christmas time. Right? Mm -hmm. I mean, it's, it's 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 a little different. Yeah, so it's ten seasons. That's a good point. Yeah, I mean, wow. And and by the way, uh, it's exciting every year, and it's different every year. And uh, and you know, people who are totally into the show, I got friends that just live live and die by what you guys uh, do and what they and they're always tuned in. Uh, and they swear that every they they can differentiate every season uh, because it is uh, it is different. What about you guys? Does it all run together after ten uh, ten seasons, uh, no. or can you differentiate the seasons? Well, that's the best part about it. So 
because Carter and I have been doing this for so long, so it's Carter Oster House, who I know you've, you've chatted with also in the past. Yeah, just recently. Because we've been doing this for, yep, we've been doing it for so long that we've seen technology change with lights. So back in the day when we started, it was a lot of incandescent lights, the plug-in, old-school, you know, not that energy-efficient lighting back then. And then we've seen it evolve. And then now we see those light shows where it's digital. Digi- I can't say the word today. Haven't had enough coffee yet, Frank. Digitally generated so that you can get the music synchronized to the lights. You can get animation with uh, figures that are dancing. Like, there's just a lot out there. It is just such an awesome show. I always say that my life is pre-Christmas fight fight and post-Christmas light fight because everything revolves around Christmas light fight for me. <laughs> Yeah, listen, and for good reason, and you do it, and Carter does it so well, and uh, yeah, I mean, I look forward, we enjoy it, and you know, I've said this before, but the the idea that um, years and years ago, I mean, maybe going back 30 years ago, uh, people started really getting, it, this is in my life, uh, people started really getting into um, setting up their their yards as a showplace for others to come see and then uh, often right. uh, especially in affluent neighborhoods um uh, people would uh, would try to outdo their neighbors and then you have these contests you guys have taken it to a different level uh because you know the world is okay. shrunk and and you've been able to uh, pinpoint uh, people from all over the country that uh, that are the best at what they do. Uh, any surprises uh, mm-hmm. this year? Anything you could share with us that uh, that you think are, g- are going to absolutely blow us away? Oh man, yeah. So you're you're so right. It's it's so interesting. Everything that we see every year is just all of it's mind blowing. But I never ever take it for granted. You know, I could see all the lights and be back-to-back and filming, you know, day after day after day, and it never gets old. And sometimes on my most tired days, you know, I might have had a long travel day right before, and then we go and we visit and we see a big reveal, and it just lights you up, and it gives me so much energy when I'm there. And I'm so excited for the families because they put their heart and soul into it. But it's, it's, it's really exciting. And at this point, we've seen 235 displays over the 10 um, seasons that we've done so far. And so think about that. In this country, 235 displays that were TV worthy, that were over the top. And there are so many more out there. I feel like our show is generating a culture of people wanting to put up lights. You know, at this point, we have more um, people that have started out as viewers that said, I can do that. And then they start, and maybe they're three, four, five, six years into it, and here they are on the show. So it's pretty cool. You know, it, it, it is. And the one thing I can say this as, as an outsider, you know, we talk, you know, we talk every year, but I mean, we don't know each other personally. And, and I'm, I've said this before and, and you've come up and Carter's come up in, um, in, in different contexts when we talk about different, uh, you know, pop culture issues. But you guys are changing pop culture because the show 
is so popular and the, because the show is uh, is changing the the bar. You're setting a higher bar for folks that do this. This is a big part of pop culture. Historically, you look back and and again, I'm not putting up there with the polio vaccine and they uh, you know you know every with the wars or anything <laughs> like that. This is pop right. culture that we're talking about and people are changing their uh, their their homes, their landscapes. They're changing it because of your show, which I think is just awesome. Yeah. It really is. And it's, it's funny because um, what's going to air on Monday, there was one family that, that really got my attention. And the reason why was because with all the different displays that we're seeing out there now, you know, we're seeing some displays that look like uh, like you're taking a walk down Saks Fifth Avenue in the 1950s. You know, like you've got that vintage storefront window but then there was one family actually that had what we were calling like a Christmas mullet because in the front they had this high tech show, like a light show display, and in the back they had a like that old school, you know, Christmas that we all grew up with. But there's just like a lot out there for people to do and grab onto. Some people make them Disney oriented. Some people have like certain themes where it, it's a uh, looks like a gingerbread house you know there's so many different things that they can do and seeing those ideas come to life is is just awesome you know we have people that are electricians uh, naturally that would be doing displays but then we have people that are set designers and then we have people that have nothing to do with anything construction or christmas related and their displays i'm like where and how do you know how to do this you know it's it's incredible yeah, and no doubt we'll, we're all going to be watching. Uh, what what a competition! What a wonderful uh, uh, you know time to spend in front of the TV set, uh, doing what you guys do best. Before I let you go, and and I'll and certainly I, we want to hear about a website and, and social media sites. Please leave us with that. But uh, I, have you heard of anything that's coming up that's not ready yet? Technology-wise, you mentioned technology, um, but you know, next year or maybe a couple of years from now, we're going to be seeing blank. I mean, is there anything that people are talking about that just is not available yet, or is it uh, is everything unwritten that uh, that we haven't seen? Well, one thing um, that I'm starting, I've only seen once or twice, is holograms. So ah. that's really cool because then you're looking at this actual like hologram of someone standing there talking to you. And it's, it's so lifelike. It's wild. But, you know, I'd be interested to see if it ever would go into virtual reality. How cool would that be if you had a virtual reality set and you could actually walk through the display yourself? You know, that would be pretty cool. Yeah, amazing. Uh, Tanya, website, uh, um, a, a uh, website or a, yeah. a social media site? Yes. So everything I have, it's my name first and last. But my spelling of my name is a little different. <laughs> so on Instagram... And Facebook and Twitter and all of the things, it's Tanya Nyack, so at Tanya Nyack, but it's T-A-N-I-Y-A, and the Nyack is N-A-Y-A-K. So just drop an eye in there. <laughs> Listen, congrats on all the success. Ten years, ten seasons. Uh, thank you very much for being yeah. here, Tanya. Thank you. Thanks so much. Happy holidays. Happy holidays. Tanya Nyack, everyone. Uh, the Great Christmas Light Fight uh, is terrific. It's just, it's become part of the season, and people look forward to this. And, uh, you know, like I said, it's changing the landscape. Uh, it's certainly uh, seasonally, it's changing the landscape of our, uh, of our country. 
and and, and I don't say that lightly because people that you know you, you, you see whatever there's 230 something people on TV how about the others that are getting the ideas to do their own that just you know just haven't made the cut or hasn't uh, haven't been able to catch the attention uh, of Carter and Tanya and the producers and everyone else uh, but they're still doing it and and so many people so many more people are are part of that landscape that uh, that light up landscape around Christmas time because of this show it's a great show everyone a uh, whole family obviously could could watch it but uh, going around to the places uh, has become tradition too. You know, my daughter loves to, uh, you know, uh, take me to different places that I, and she loves the show too. My uh, daughter Kayla watches the show constantly and, um, and, and she binges, uh, you know, old shows and things like that. But uh, so many people love this and love the idea that they have an opportunity to be creative with their house. And, and Tanya's right. Uh, the, uh, the electricians have a field day. Um, you almost need to, to, to get to that level. You need to have some kind of expertise. Frank McKay signing off. Tanya Nyack has been our very special guest. The Great Christmas Light Fight uh, is, uh, is the show. Check it out. Uh, Frank McKay signing off. We'll see you all next time on Breaking It Down. He's breaking it down so you don't have to. This is Breaking It Down with Frank McKay on 1071 WLIRFM Hampton Bays.